0: Welcome to the Spike Feed, your leading Magic the Gathering podcast. What is up? My name is Curtis, and I'm just your typical Spike. On the line with me, my good buddy and producer extraordinaire, Cameron McCoy. Dude, what is up? How you been?
1: Nothing much, man. It's, uh, you know, we're in the throes of summer, and I just love it. It's a good time of year.
0: Uh, so I have to ask, because I know you were working Little League coverage were you inside or outside while this was happening? Were you in, like, the FBI surveillance van? How does this all work?
1: <laughs> it was a van, yeah. Like, just pulled up, uh, running SDI cables out and, you know, a bunch of things like that, and just let it go. I mean, it, it, it was running. There was air conditioning in it, which was good, but yeah. I, I mean, I would hope so, dude. It's, uh, <laughs> it's a little uh, toasty out here. Yeah, 90, 96 degrees uh, in a box would be, you know, unbearable.
0: Yeah, my son had three little league games, and uh, I was not in an air conditioned van the entire time. So, uh, we'll just you. say I worked. I worked on this wonderful tan that I'm rocking. <laughs> um, but it is summertime, um, Cameron. We there's a I would say a sprinkling of double masters previews to talk about. But I like to start out every week with what we've been playing. Um, I know you've been hitting Explorer super hard. I've got some thoughts here. I've got like a three, four whole sentences worth of notes here on Explorer. Yeah, I want to hear where you're at, what's going on with it.
1: So uh, as I said last week, I was super stoked for uh, winning the – getting a token essentially to get into this um, qualifier play that they had this week. Uh, but because I was freelancing and because of just kind of a really busy last four days, uh, I go online thinking I would be able to play – Saturday night, and no, I missed my registration because there's a two-hour window when you when you can go and register to get into these uh, qualifier things. And so, uh, to say I was angry uh, when I got when I logged onto the computer and my token is missing and it just just it evaporated. It, 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 I was I was super bummed. I'll just say that. So oh, you can't uh, even use it for like the next week. No, it's just gone. Oh wow. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah. So, not like, cool. All the kind I should of, say <laughs> all the work and whatnot that I put into this uh, blue white control list, uh, all for naught, I guess. But I mean, yeah, I do. I still feel like it's like one of the best decks that you could be playing—a um, blue white control of some sort—and um, and it translates really, really well to Pioneer as well. So, like, it wasn't a complete bust. I would be playing regardless. You know, this blue white control list. So. Uh, but, man, it was just I, – I, I understand that if this was, like, a real paper tournament, I would have to show up at 9 a.m. and then start playing at 10. And if I'm not there, I would not be able to play in the tournament. Um, but uh, what is it? Uh, the online model has just kind of spoiled with me, me with this, like, I'll just show up whenever to play uh, as long as, as I'm within a window. Um, I just didn't realize a window was that narrow.
0: Again, I would argue that you're beating yourself up maybe a little bit too much, um, because I think if you were presented with the actual options of, hey, spend a Saturday playing in this tournament or take this really nice freelance gig, <laughs> you might have just chosen the freelance gig. So like just because yeah. that accidentally happened, you were almost certainly more profitable, and you did play a ton of explore. Um, I was just kind of living vicariously through you because I there is no scenario in which I can make this work because you know with. My my children's sports Saturdays are just, like, off the table entirely. Mm. I'm happy that Magic is doing Saturday tournaments. I like that. This is just a My Life-specific thing, and I understand that. Um, but I think that's the way Arena needs to work. Now, the qualifier thing, it's interesting that it's a two-hour window. It makes me wonder how many people actually end up in these. Mm-hmm. Um, for them to narrow that window so much. But Sure. Um, can we – let's – talk about explorer because we are now again really knee-deep in the post-ban winota post-ban expressive iteration um and i think there are some things to talk about here um there's a bunch of decks that are kind of bizarre uh and have really come to dominate the metagame and has allowed control to kind of settle in my opinion most notably, the Greasefang deck and the Fight Rigging deck. I don't know if you played against the Fight Rigging deck, mm-hmm. um, but both of those decks seem like they murder every mid range option that doesn't play Thoughtseize, right? Um, yeah. Have you had experience against both of those decks?
1: Yeah, yeah. This week's especially. I, I the fight, the Jund or uh, I, I see. Two different versions of it, I guess, but yeah, it's um, it eats the other mid ranges for breakfast, especially because it's so fast with Llanowar Elves and Um, Incubation Druid. Right? I mean, it just like you get to that uh, the Gargaroths very very fast. (laughs) Yeah, 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 yeah. And then
0: like once it just kind of goes off, it's really tough for a deck that is playing since you know these kind of mid-range cards. Now, I do think the Black Red, like, Rakdos deck can kind of pick this deck apart if you draw the right cards. But then you get into this, why am I doing that instead of just playing some kind of, you know, bizarre, massive combo that happens to be in this Jund or Bug or, like, I've seen so many different versions of it. The one that I don't see a ton of online that I see uh, a ton of when I'm playing is a Collected Company version. Um, okay. Hmm. So they Collected Company into all these, and it's like a Bant-style deck. But like you're even seeing ones that play like a Merchant Ultimatum is another thing, and then play a lot of Great Hinge. And um, Anyway, it is definitely the next deck to kind of keep your eye on, because again, if I'm playing whatever, uh, like, again, Jund, Naya, Vampires angels, whatever. I don't... And maybe someone could educate me, because obviously I'm playing Control. Uh, it just drums those decks. However, uh, Control seems to be keeping up just fine, to your point. Are you still on the two-color version? Uh,
1: yeah, I, I still am on the the two-color, and I every once in a while think I should be playing Vanishing Verse and Thoughtseize. Um, but the... I don't know. I feel like I still have enough game on turns two and three that it's not a huge deal, and the removal suite that I have is still, you know, incredibly efficient. And if I have a settle the wreckage or four mana wrath in my my hand, um, I can just kind of sit back and relax most of the time up until turn four. Yeah, in my experience,
0: whenever I'm playing just straight blue white, I struggle a lot against opposing planeswalker decks because there's just not like there's just fateful absence essentially or you like have to like attack them with a man land i mean obviously you can counter them but uh it it is just like once they are resolved and some of these things are very low to the ground like kaito um it's just like nabbing that when you're on the draw is really tough you have to have the very specific subset of cards available to you um and the one thing that I go back and forth, because I'm on the Esper version, um, the thing that I go back and forth on is Thoughtseize in the deck. So let's let's take a tour through Esper Control. Like, in Legacy, Thoughtseize is a real great staple for a Control deck, right? If you're playing Esper, you're going to play Thoughtseize, you play Snapcaster. Like, there's, like, all these kind of uh, benefits to playing Thoughtseize. I don't know that I've ran into a non-rotating format where Thoughtseize is a worse late-game draw for control than this format. Hmm. If you are turn five and you draw Thoughtseize, it's a disaster. That card might as well say Mountain. Like, it (sighs) is awful. It's probably worse than drawing a Mountain. Like, it just doesn't do what it needs to do. And conversely, I found when I play Blue-White... I struggle against the these decks because the, the construction of these decks leans so hard on Narset and Teferi for your extra cards, as it were, mm-hmm. and then Omen of the Sea, that a lot of times if you get picked apart, you can really, 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 really lose momentum quickly because you're not playing four memory deluges and like these kind of like big payoff hey i've survived to turn four turn five you know what sphinx's revelation did in standard right yeah. um there are many times where you're just casting teferi na- nagging it and then it just dies on an attack to another creature right yeah um where you at on are you doing depopulate doom scar farewell what's your separation there
1: yeah, so there's settle the wreckage in the sideboard and then um oh gosh, what's my uh, my four mana wrath? Um I'm doing uh uh not depopulate, but the uh Shattered Sky. Shattered, yeah. Which uh, you know, I don't know, like because like yeah, sometimes you do get a lot of creatures that are four power or more and they draw a card for that. Um but the multi I don't know, like I Maybe depopulate is the way to go. I, I feel like it's just kind of a grab bag until we get, um, the uh, the good one from Supreme verdict. Et, Supreme verdict, yeah. Uh,
0: Supreme Verde. Uh, so Cameron, here's my question. Explore. What are some changes that you would make? Is there anything that you're kind of like done with, or you think should be changed? Or are you kind of happy with this post-expressive iteration? winota world
1: it's it's weird because like everything still feels fairly fresh uh fairly good um if i had my way i would just get rid of all companions just ban companions outright (laughs) (laughs) i just i just don't need them and like i'm so sick of Yorian. i just i i can't even look at that card uh with a straight face anymore i hate it so much Otherwise, no, like it, it feels like I don't think Grease Fang needs to go. I don't think the fight rigging thing needs to go. Like, you know, um, if you want to play mono red, like I feel like that's a very playable deck and you can win games out of nowhere sometimes with it. Um, so overall, like I'm really pleased with with where Explorer is at right now. I feel like things have settled enough and I'm ready for the metagame, the format to kind of shift based off of new cards we get from new sets. Yeah, the one
0: that I would say it kind of lives in this sensei's divining top world is the cat oven stuff. Mm. There are a multitude of times where I'm like, okay, I've got 30, 45 minutes before I got to be somewhere. I'm going to get yeah. a match in. And then as sure as there's carts to horses, man. That becomes a cat oven
1: matchup, and you are just sitting there, right? I totally agree, and it's so bad that like I know I'm going to win the game, but I still have to go through and wait for like their sequencing to go through. So I do agree with like it, it's still an annoying card, and I I'm be fine with witches oven gone. Yeah, well, and especially as
0: a blue white control, like that deck essentially cannot beat a farewell. Like if you resolve yeah. a farewell, it's really really tough for them to win. Uh, They have to be way up on life and way up on cards after you resolve it, which, frankly, doesn't happen a ton. Mm -hmm. Um, But you're kind of, like, always playing to that out because I'm playing a Yorian deck. I'm digging, digging, digging for my two copies of Farewell and, you know, hoping to hit it. And it's like, okay, now I'm at 10. Now I'm at 9. Dig, dig, dig. And it's just like I know a lot of people put it on, oh, well, that's draw, go, control. That's the problem. It's like uh, I'm not the one that's, like, (laughs) clock is, like, half of mine you know what i mean like yeah. they are it is super obnoxious so quick quick point here about standard still very good i'm still actually liking it more than explorer um explorer has kind of become my uh what's the word i'm looking for refresher hey i'm just looking to play something different but to your mm-hmm. point like you mentioned this about yorian some of the cards i'm i'm really 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 burn burnt out on mm-hmm. uh Cat, the aforementioned Cat Oven, basically every companion, it's just like, man, I, I don't need this. So, uh, whereas standard, there's a lot more freshness, it feels like, all the time. There's a little bit more innovation. Um, and uh, Cameron, I really like playing the mid range deck. It's definitely not the best <laughs> deck. It's weird, because it's like, I had to like burn a million wild cards to get this deck. Um, but man, it's a good time. It's yeah. a really good time. Uh, so what are you going to be working on this week?
1: Uh, this week is, uh, well, I'm debating on Modern. So we have a regional championship qualifier at my store July 9th. Um, I have that day off. I'm planning on attending. And it's just trying to figure out, like, what this Modern deck is going to look like. And, dude, um, Modern is, like, unrecognizable to me compared to what it was three years ago. And I'm really struggling with, like, what does my 60 of a blue-white control list look like? And is it even good enough? Um, you know, because, like, I don't own Solitudes. You know, I don't own some of these, like, uh, high-value cards that exist that I feel like you almost have to be playing now um, if you want to be competitive against Living End, Titan, Burn, and Repeat, right? So... Uh, it's going to be interesting. I'm going to show up. I'm going to play, but I feel like I'm just going to be bringing a, you know, a knife to a, a gunfight. Yeah, worth pointing out, like,
0: almost every blue-white control deck is playing Chalice of the Void now. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, like, a, a a sure sign of health. Um, But that's essentially your way of beating the blue-red decks slash red decks. Like, I don't not to mention some of the unfair stuff is like you have to play chalice on one on turn two just to like make it functional um look let's just get this out of the way right now if you were actually like dead set on being competitive you need to be playing blue red like oh the murtide region deck is so like when you look at the deck and look at the play patterns i know we're going to get people to say oh no i can beat that deck with this and that and this and it's like Dude, not only does the percentage on MTG Goldfish, but, like, look at the cards. Just look at the cards in the deck. It's absurd. Mm -hmm. It is an absurdly powerful deck and super versatile. It is, if if you aren't a legacy player, this is Delver. It is almost certainly at least the second best choice at all times, if not the best choice. Yeah. And the Mirror, if you are more prepared, you are... Highly likely to do that mirror. Like, I, I am Mr. Death Shadow. Like, I love playing that deck. Zero chance I would play that deck. Zero yeah. chance. Right? I would go drop whatever it is, the $300 between Ragavans and Merktide Regents and just be done with it. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, which, by the way, now that I'm looking at this deck, how much of this has been modern horizoned? Uh, uh, like, all of it? <laughs> Uh, I mean... Murktide, Ravagon, and Dragon Rage Chandler. So the yeah. only creature uh, The creature suite, yeah. ...is Letcher Shredder. And then they play Unholy Heat. But, yeah. Like, what are we doing here, guys? Of course this deck is is just nasty. And, ooh, I kind of like this. Two Bloodmans. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I'm like... Outside of the Raghavons, I have most of this deck. <laughs> so... There you go. It would be literally me putting, I mean, it's 350 bucks, but for a modern deck, that's not that bad. Um, what I'm saying I is if you... you
1: s- suit up Blue-Red uh, Affinity. Maybe i do that. It's a pretty cheap deck. <laughs> Dude. Dude.
0: Storm. Let's storm. <laughs>
1: Seriously, just <laughs> go up. Coin flip. <laughs> Here we go
0: you look your opponent in the eye and you say, I'm not here to win this tournament. I'm here to make sure you don't win this tournament. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I
0: love it. Uh, I mean, Storm is the deck you play if you believe that uh, to be having fun, your opponent must not be having fun. <laughs> the old zero-sum game mentality.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, and maybe that's me. Uh, uh, so, hey, Cameron, First weekend in July is also a pre-release. I don't know if you're aware of that. Mm. Um, Double Masters. I have no idea what these packs are going to cost. I'll almost certainly be required to go to this just because this is the summer pre-release. And what else am I doing? Um, There are some expensive cards here. Right? Ran in six. Finally getting a reprint. Uh, Like some, I would say, and I mean this in a positive way commanderish cards like mana vault like consecrated sphinx um cavern of souls is getting reprinted that's kind of a staple um but there's almost certainly things that are not going to be in this right that mm-hmm. I think we would all like uh you know the force and negations of the world so uh all right cameron just scrolling through this what do you think man
1: uh it's fine it's this weird thing now where All of, like, these kind of classic modern masters sort of cards, like, I've owned two versions of, you know, because they've just been around so long. So, sure, it's great, I guess, for the new players starting out, and, you know, like, regardless of the packs, it's going to bring the price of certain cards down. Uh, That's always good, in my opinion. It's just, like... Uh, this is still not addressing like the, the larger issues that i have which are like well now you have solitudes that cost $200 or ragavans that're going to cost $400 for us. play you know like what that sort of thing where it's like you're introducing like these premium cards that are going to automatically be inflated and like the really good decks that you want to be playing in modern um it's still kind of priced out you know so I don't know dude like I'm just so over this sort of thing and um here we are
0: so you've what you what they would say is you've reached product saturation
1: yeah product fatigue product saturation
0: i mean i i I cross product fatigue a few years ago i'm yeah. into product whatever at this stage Um, (laughs) (laughs) yeah 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 yeah. like i mean look and i've actually played the card fiery justice in modern tournaments but that that card's a rare and this like super expensive set is just like man okay yeah yeah so now now watch because the commander fiery justice is a 300 hundred dollar card and i don't know but the point being is it doesn't feel specifically very constructed friendly um, and it feels very casually driven, which isn't necessarily a bad thing, but I would point out that this summer you've already produced a casual commander product, mm-hmm. so it would be kind of nice if we had a little bit more of a competitively driven set. Um, like, and I, I know they probably made this set in the Spectre of Pioneer not really existing, like two years ago, and now Pioneer card demand is like through the roof, and it pretty much feels like there's nothing here for that. Um, and to address what you're talking about with modern modern i'd have to look at this but last i knew modern was easily the most popular constructed paper format still Mm. and this set has only vaguely addressed it right and it's a real bummer so uh i'm gonna probably play this i'm probably gonna hate every minute of it and uh (laughs) expect me to come on the air and complain about it later so Cameron, let's get out of this segment, come back, and talk about what else we've been up to. So, Cameron, what have you been up to in terms of watching? You've just been working, working, working?
1: Uh, Yeah, uh, you know, I started the third season of For All Mankind, which is the Ronald Moore um, show about like the alternate future, um, alternate reality, I guess, um, where Russia landed on the moon first. So season three, uh, it's always kind of fun how they still have elements of, like, the reality that we live in, but, like, it's slightly different with, like, one little thing that is different. And I don't know. I, You know, it's like a trope that exists in a lot of sci-fi and a lot of fiction, and um, I I still get a kick out of it, and I'm really enjoying the show. It it has its highs and lows like a lot of, like, big-budget TV shows. Um, where there's certain episodes where it's like this is just like to the nines so good and then you get two episodes of people talking because you know they blew their budget on <laughs> that first episode yeah, yeah. or whatever so that's kind of um i guess a thing that exists now with with big budget tv but um yeah dude i i'm i'm enjoying it as far as just kind of like a an original ip and um you know, decent acting and all that stuff. So, And it's probably more. so I have to give him my time.
0: Yeah, I would say with his stuff, the thing that you're going to get a lot that maybe I don't know about For All Mankind because I haven't started yet, is there is a good logic. Like, character motivation seems fairly natural in all his shows. Uh, and, I mean, Outlander is probably the outlier because he didn't create the story. They're mu- very much an adaptation, and he's still an executive producer on that or something. Mm-hmm. Um, but in terms of what that show has become, which is much more about kind of the history of it rather than the romance of it, there's a lot of like logic and like you understand characters' motivations even when they're quote unquote the villains. Um, a couple things I want to talk about here. First of all, finally finished Witcher season two. I'm prepared to tell you it's kind of a mess. <laughs> the performances still really stand out. They don't do a great job of creating a strong through line through the season. And the wig game uh, in terms of has gotten very weak, like Game of Thrones season one week. I don't know what exactly Ooh. is happening there. Um, but I, I would say it was good. It's just amazing because, like, obviously I played through the game. So and I've read three ish of the books uh, my wife had a lot of questions and it was like these things aren't clearly kind of laid out very well. Um, I would also maybe that's an ar- argue that's a problem with the lore of the witcher. Um, mm. Sometimes it di- digs too deep into politics and you kind of find yourself going, why do I care all about this? because sure. I'm following this kind of wandering samurai character who exists in the in the in between of all these, kind of thing so he doesn't seem to care but i'm expected to care and know all these things so it's a little Mm -hmm. bit bizarre on that front uh but i want to talk about obi-wan um have you watched any of obi-wan all caught up all caught up Yep. okay so maybe you can answer this question for me cameron because i don't think this show is perfect not even close i think Mm -hmm. it's got a Mm -hmm. lot of issues so did boba fett so did the mandalorian i just don't understand Star Wars fans (laughs) desire to have the villains be good people and then be upset when the villains do villainous things. Okay. Does this make sense? Sure. Yeah. There are actual people upset with the portrayal of Darth Vader in this show. And I, uh, I don't. I just don't understand Cameron, like not even a little bit like to me. That's like one of the strong points of the show is you kind of see Darth Vader when he would be in his quote prime as Vader. Sure. Yeah. And like you need to see why everyone fears him and all these things. And we're talking about a dude who from multiple movies just choking people left and right. Hey, your dry cleaning isn't done. Choke to death. Right? Yeah. Like all this. Yeah. Yeah. And then he does the stuff he does in this show, and people are upset that it looks, it's too villainous. It portrays him in too negative a light. And it is, it is I just feel like there's a segment of the Star Wars fans, fandom that really wants, I, I, I guess, I don't even know a better way to say it than like a Darth Vader that they can root for. Sure. Yeah, does that make sense? Uh,
1: yeah, the, the kind of like the ultimate portrayal of a bad guy who sat in a room as um, his boss blew up an entire planet. <laughs> he's cool with it, you know. Like, <laughs> so of course he's gonna be a villain, and like, um, this is something I think. I, I want to address this because like I, I can't stand like this Star Wars fan celebrations where we see like stormtroopers dancing and like, oh, it's so great to be a stormtrooper. It's like, no, guys, they're space Nazis. You are never supposed to root for them. Yeah, the costumes might be cool or whatever, and you like that. But like, at the end of the day, it was very clear like what Lucas had set up as far as like, space Nazis are evil. Luke and Leia are good and are trying to fight, stop the space Nazis. You know, right. I, like, w- you know, you might find him to be an interesting character. That's great with Darth Vader, but he's an evil character. <laughs> yeah. So okay. anyway,
0: I and I've kind of signed on for. I'm fine with the variable quality of the Star Wars shows because to me, that's mm-hmm. what Star Wars has been for 25 years. There's uh, these giant fluctuations. So this like, uh, Star Wars is ruined now thing mm-hmm. kind of blows me away like even in the mm-hmm. most re- recent trilogy i like the first two movies quite a bit didn't like the third yeah. movie as much right like I, I don't to me this is kind of part and parcel with serialized storytelling yeah. so Did
1: you guys watch the star wars holiday special this came out six months after the movie it was ruined yeah. then <laughs>
0: <laughs> well and i mean we look we grew up with an ewok cartoon you know what i mean like yeah, this is just yeah. it, it, and there are there are old timers that you'll talk to to them return of the jedi ruined everything Mm -hmm. right like to Mm -hmm. them that movie was an abomination i love return of the jedi right to me it's the prequels that i don't love but other people absolutely love whatever and the thing that i've loved about this show is i really feel like ewan mcgregor's got to actually sink his teeth into um this character again and to me that's been super fun i think to me where this this kind of falls apart is some of the action, specifically Um, feels very TV. Um, Yeah, yeah. And I think Mandalorian especially did action a lot better. Um, But, I mean, like to me it's like, hey, this is a 7 out of 10. I'm enjoying seeing what happens every week. Um, But, like, it's increasingly becoming a group of fans that I cannot stand. (laughs) Like, the discourse (laughs) online about these things is just – I mean, obviously there's these people that, you know – they hated that Rey was a Jedi or whatever. These, yeah, these, yeah, like yeah. They're the extreme. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about people that are just like the logic. It feels like they didn't even watch the original Star Wars films at all with some of the stuff that comes out of their mouth. You're just like, yeah, man. Yeah. <laughs> right. I, anyway, I'm interested to hear your thoughts, especially from a technical perspective and everything.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, I one hundred percent agree with you. As far as like star, like this show specifically has some highs and lows, and it does feel like sometimes it's like this it feels like a a moderately budgeted TV show when it comes to the action, and I, I kind of love that about it. <laughs> There's yeah. like real cheap things about it. I'm like, this is great. I I, I love kind of like the bargain basement. Um, special effects or action that happens in it, um, I don't know. Like this is a sort of thing where um, it's very clear to me that this was an Obi Wan movie. It was a two-hour, two and a half-hour movie, and they all of a sudden Disney Plus, we got to get TV. We have to have you know by the yard sort of storytelling, and they and it's clear that this thing has just been kind of padded, and um, it, the pacing is really where. I have issues with the with the show just because it, it feels like the lows are very very low and slow, and then the highs are you know are pretty good. And I think if this was a two hour two and a half hour movie, it would have been at a clip pace, and I would have loved it. Um, but here we are, and I, I don't have any complaints about it per se. I, I will be a little nitpicky on the the pacing. Uh, yeah, and. I
0: feel like the villain character storyline would have worked a lot better in a movie. Mhm. Um I feel like it's a TV show like as you have five episodes to ruminate on It's very clear who she is and what she's doing and then the execution of the plan was like Really? That that mm-hmm. that was your So no, but I I just I I've liked how this is connected I've actually really liked the portrayal of young Princess Leia as this kind of spunky little kid. It's allowed my son to kind of engage with this show a little bit, which Mm. has been nice. So, dude, and again, Boba Fett, massive problems. There were massively problematic episodes, but then there were like two episodes in that that were great. Mm. Um, And I just feel like that's kind of where Star Wars is. It feels like reading Star Wars novels or Star Wars comics is you're not always going to get Empire Strikes Back, guys. Yeah. Um, And like, dude vader is a bad guy that's what makes luke turning him back such a big deal mm-hmm. okay if he was a luke no 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 pun intended here, but if he was a <laughs> lukewarm villain here the making him turn back and feel like he's redeemed wouldn't mean anything in return of the jedi mm-hmm. like uh anyway <laughs> bugs me <gasps> agree last last thing i'll mention here and I will almost certainly not watch it, um, but have you been watching The Boys? Because this has been a thing that's mm-hmm. been brought up on like the same kind of fan stuff that I listen to. Is have you watched and liked it or?
1: I've never watched it. It's on Amazon, and like that's a thing. Like I'm so miss with Amazon. Like it, we'll do it like a every six months, and it's always on my queue there, but just have never watched it. Okay, I. People keep telling me it's good. I keep hearing
0: that it's good on online stuff. The problem I have is, as a comic book reader, the what if superheroes were actually evil thing is, wow, is it played out. Like, Mm, mm -hmm. Watchmen, Rising Stars. You know, like, we could keep going down this list. You know, Mm -hmm. even novels. Like, Brandon Sanderson has a, a group of novels about this. It's like, I just feel like it's a really, 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 really easy thing to conceptually come up with and so that's what's made me not like it and i believe it's a mark millar comic which Mm -hmm. to say that i have a love-hate relationship with his stuff would be an understatement (laughs) like ranging from some of my favorite stuff to i will never ever read his books again stuff like it agreed yeah (laughs) so anyway uh if if someone's out there cameron they want to convince you to watch the boys where could they find you
1: that's all on twitter at cameron underscore mccoy
0: and I'm at Curtis Now. Our official show feed is at SpikeFeedMTG. We'll check you guys next week.